thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And I nearly sang that opening just then, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that was almost music to my ears. <laughs> oh my goodness. So this week, as promised last week, we have got the beautiful Tim and Ness with us again, where we're just continuing on, on our conversation around relationships. And last week, we kind of just touched on femininity versus masculinity and what that really means. We didn't get to talk about sex or shagging or anything (laughs) like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are listening, it's highly likely that this week's podcast is going to get a little bit X-rated. So, again, if you've got kids, you may want to tell them to put their earmuffs on. Just saying. Just saying. So, welcome. Welcome back, you guys. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having us. Once yeah. again, <laughs> what a treat! Looking as hot as last week. <laughs> last <time. laughs> and just that everybody knows, while we were while we were doing our podcast last week, Kim and I, and kind of Cindy and Ness, really didn't get much of a say in this. But Kim and I and Tim decided that it would be really, really cool for these two spunky monkeys to join us at our Awaken the Change Within retreat which is going to be held at the end of November, the second last week of November, up here at the Mantra Hotel in Mooloolaba. So for those of you guys who are flirting with joining us, make sure that you go to the website to book your seats and do it now because we are running out of spots. And it's all the w's.awakenthechangewithin.com. And you can find all of the information about the event right there on the website. And then once you register, we send you out a letter with everything that you need to prepare for the event. But we decided to invite um, Vanessa and Tim to join us on the last part of the last day of Awaken the Change Within, where we're inviting you to bring your partners along. Because there's nothing more powerful, there's nothing more profound than when you both leave an event speaking the same language. And everything that you've learned from Awaken the Change Within will give you a whole new language and a whole new way of being in your home, not only in the context of the way that you prepare your food, the way that you feed your family, and the way that you feed yourself, but will also give you a whole new context in terms of the relationship you have with yourself, the psychology behind success. And I'm going to be talking a lot about emotional eating and food addictions. And then we're also going to have Vanessa and Tim talking a lot about how you can create a dynamic in your relationship that ensures that your relationship sustains the ups and downs and the bumps and the turmoils and the challenges Mm. that being in relationship brings. And when you can have the kind of conversation where you've got both the husband and the wife or the boyfriend and the and the girlfriend or the boyfriend and the boyfriend and the girlfriend and the girlfriend, you know, whatever works for you. When you've got the, that, you know, the two of you going through the same um, kind of education and same kind of information, as I said, it does allow you to leave with the same language. And when times do get tough, you're able to sort it out being on the same page rather than me, me listening over here and speaking from somewhere that you don't understand. So make sure that you check out the website. It's all the w's.awakenthechangewithin.com. And book your seats and do it now. Yes, baby. Well, are we doing a special for the partners? What if there are people that are coming that would like to bring their partners? So are we doing a special for that? Well, I think we definitely should. with inquiring eyes saying, yes, Karen, you are. Yeah, (laughs) tell us. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a really good idea. And I felt quite inspired when Kimmy passed a note to me last week when we were interviewing Mm. um, Tim and Ness. 
And so I think it would be really cool to make the last part of the yeah. last day, sort of, let's say, the last half of the last day, to be all about relationshiping. Mm. And I think that there's yeah, a lot that... So. Yeah, I think that there's a lot that the three of us bring. And then with these two spunky monkeys, I think it makes it real, a really powerful, supercharged part of the event. I agree. And good eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Ripper, Rita. So we finished off last week and we talked about the three different energies between the masculine and the feminine. And we left one in lurch. Can mm. we pick up from where we left off? And can you share with us, maybe refresh us with both of them? So the masculine. Let's refresh yeah. on that. Yeah. So you said that there were three... What, three days? So three rules. So what we like to teach and what we our belief is, just a quick recap, polarity is the energy between masculine and feminine energies. We all have both energies within us, but we all are predominantly one or the other. Generally, say, 90 or so percent of women are going to be predominantly feminine energy and vice versa with men. Men are going to be predominantly masculine energy. Now, this isn't every every case a little bit different. And, you know, some... You know, you may be in a gay relationship, and that's where the energy is. There's still obviously it's a still masculine that attraction because yes. you've still got the polarities and the energies going. Yes. And I mean, there are lots of people that I know who are in relationships, and the men are far more connected to their feminine Definitely. side. Mm. Um, and then there are others where the women are far more connected to their masculine side, and that's just their natural way of being. Yes, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the three masculine rules that we spoke about last week? Yeah, so last week, if, if for all, all you ladies out there, if you want to follow three rules, which we break it down and make really simple, the first one is to give freedom. Give freedom to your man. Uh, allow him to feel trusted. Now, this doesn't mean he can do, he can do whatever the hell he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's all, correct, a... men. Yeah, that's not allowed to do whatever he wants. Can we just frame that a little bit more? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of women whose sphincter's just tight, and a lot of men's who's just relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? She does. She does. What the hell makes you think of a sphincter? <laughs> 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 Have you ever heard that when? You know that one where does a sphincter, does an eagle's sphincter um, tighten in a power dive? Oh my goodness gracious, look at you people. Keep going, Tim. So where Keep was I? It does uh, it. The sphincters. Yeah. Freedom. This is so important because the last thing a man wants to do is, is feel like he's being controlled. We don't, if we feel like you're being controlled, then you're either going to retreat like a lot of men do, or they're going to just become a, a, a pleaser, what we call a pleaser. Somebody just does whatever. So there's a better way, instead of trying to control your man directly... Indirectly, yeah, I get it. Manipulation, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but it's, if it attaches to his highest values, yeah, then uh, I'd like to say it's not. Let me give an example of this. <laughs> Let me see if I got this right. <laughs> so, Danny is someone who thinks he always knows where he's going, driving, Ooh, yeah. and does not need a nav man. Yeah. <laughs> so we're driving along, and I know he's lost, <laughs> but he keeps going, and I go, "It's all right, sweetheart." Don't worry about the nevmen because you know, <laughs> thinking he so doesn't. No. <laughs> and I'm dying to say, oh my God, you're so lost. Yeah. Um, and, so no, I didn't say that. But then when he finally goes, look, can you put the nevmen on just to make sure I'm going the right way? <laughs> I said, what a great idea. Perfect. I thought, I thought, I'm, I'm just asking for triple points here when I want to say, a dickhead. Yeah. Um, that was my thought at the beginning. And I told you so. I still wanted to say I told you so. 
Well, that would break the second rule, which is criticism. Okay. Oh, yeah. so, so the second don't rule is criticize. don't criticise? Don't criticise, appreciate. Aha. Uh-huh. So appreciate your man. Mm-hmm. If you want your man, and we talked to our clients about training, train your man by, with appreciation and praise mm-hmm. through love. Mm-hmm. Because that shows that he's more likely to do what you want, so you can inadvertently train him to be a better lover, a better... Nab I'm man, so with you. whatever it is, appreciate, appreciate. <laughs> Have I not mentioned this on previous podcasts? Our job is to train. I actually read an article and it was quite hilarious, I have to say. So it was kind of tongue in cheek, but they were saying, think of your man like your puppy. Oh, now, come on. No, well, they said it's quite interesting. Pat him and stroke him a lot, give him lots of patting, lots of appreciation, and train him with positivity, not negativity. Yes. So if you think of it like you would train your puppy... You know, like teach him to toilet in the right place and put the toilet seat down. <laughs> like, and I thought that was... Stroke it? Toilet in the right place? I mean, yeah. seriously? <laughs> <laughs> and who is the two-see-two lot? Two dollar? Yeah. I mean, seriously. You can't even say it. It's, no. It's a skanky two dollar. Either way. <laughs> and you know why this works? Because at the deepest level, we believe that a man's mission, a, a con- a, an evolved man, emotionally intelligent man, the mission for him is to make his woman happy. Mm. It's happy life, happy life. And it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. At the deepest level, if he's in touch with his masculinity, that's what he wants to do. Mm. And the way he can do that, he needs to feel successful. Mm. And how does he feel successful? Well, he's not getting criticised every damn day. Mm. He's not getting controlled every damn day. Mm. And the last one is... Oh, I just had a little point to make on that for any men listening, is that because men are so driven by um, making their, sure their partner's happy, and we as feminine women, we talk about all our different feelings. So I like, might say, oh, I just stubbed my toe. Oh, well, you know, and he might do the same thing, but he thinks about it, but I voice it. And when a man, it can actually stack for a man, we as women don't tend to get that. We're like, well, we're just expressing a feeling. We're over it. Like, get over it too, you know. But it stacks for a man. And by the end of the day, and he's heard 20, 50 complaints, which are just us feeling through our feelings and voicing them, it can make him feel like he's not being successful in being your partner. And it's a really hard thing I've found most women to, to get their heads around mm-hmm. because we don't get it. We're like, as if it's got anything to do with him. He's not stubbing my toe. He's not, you know, being the bitch at work who's bringing me down. It's none of that. But And you also know, mean, mm, like, to fix things. Like, it's exactly. like, fix it, move on. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, we want to solve. Yeah. We want to solve. solve. We want to yeah. be successful. If, if we can do anything that, to help our woman, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But in our mind, if, we're, if there's 101 problems yeah. and there are only little things in the woman's mind that you, you move through and you feel through, it's not a problem. But for a man, if we were doing that, it would be a problem. Yeah. So we're going to want to solve it. And One this is, thing at yeah. a time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, true or true. 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 <laughs> nice work, you. <laughs> the last rule was openness. Stay yeah. open. Don't Be, close off. Don't close off. Don't go and retreat into your own mind and because we know when women retreat, that's not a good thing. So yeah. stay as open as you can. And we realise... So you're saying don't do the old... Don't. What's wrong, honey? Nothing. I'm fine. Ooh. I'm fine. Or yeah. well, we know what fine stands yeah. for. Well, yeah. fuck everyone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen! We, we did say put your children's exactly. nuts on. We did. No, I was going well, to They probably didn't even hear it. Freaking insecure, neurotic and emotional. Love it. Is mm. fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's true. I would say frightened. Or, or feelings, feelings inside, not expressed. expressed. Yeah, that's the one. Feelings, feelings inside, not expressed. It's far more polite. Yes. <laughs> more G-rated there. So... If, if you're criticising and controlling your man, so you're not giving him the appreciation, you're not giving him the freedom, it's very hard for him 
to show the love that you want to stay open. Or be inspired to be the best possible version of himself he can be and in the relationship. To make you happy, to feel successful, all those things that come with a beautiful relationship. So you want to try and stay open as possible. I have to give you a little funny thing that happened the other day. Danny's away a lot. And the way that we communicate and my appreciation to him is often I'll send him a text and say, not often, all the freaking time. (laughs) Did you just swear again? I didn't say that word. Like whenever I'm with her, and my husband, by the way, between Kim and Danny and my husband and Danny, there is a constant communication. Don't you think? <laughs> and I did send Howie the wrong text the other day. So I, him to, I wish he was home. No, um, <laughs> I was very open. Um, but but he was. Um, but I sent him a text, and I just said, I just out of the blue, I just wrote, I so appreciate what you do for us, being away nine months of the year, because he misses out. He missed out on our opening the other day. He misses yeah. out on seeing the kids do things. So I wrote him a text and just said, I so appreciate what you do for us and what you give up yeah. to, to allow us to live here on the coast so beautifully. I'm not joking. Not only did I get a beautiful text back, but within half an hour I got a phone call from our pool man <laughs> who rang me and said, listen, Danny's texted me and just said that he needs to make sure that the, the, the chemicals and the salt and everything's in the pool <laughs> is okay. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. Mm. You know, he is in Dubai making sure that my pool is okay because he knows that that's a job I hate to do or think about. Mm. But I just thought even being a part, you can still play mm. a beautiful role of support and appreciation. And it's those little things that seem to matter. You know, it's yeah. the little notes. I just wrote an article for the Wellness Guys actually on <laughs> springing into romance. And one of the tips I put in there is, you know all of these as far as giving you know a, a relationship a bit of a spring step. And I said, don't retreat into the abyss of relationship exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Let's actually step up into spring and create an amazing possibility of having this the best time of year. Mm-hmm. And so I gave some tips. And one of them was the simple thing of putting a note under the pillow yeah. when, they, when they get into bed that night. Or rather than sending a text, just put a handwritten note in their lunchbox or in their briefcase. Yeah. And I know that sounds so silly, but the amount it means to me when I get one, let mm. alone the joy I get in writing one. Mm. And I do it for my kids too. I write yeah. little notes in their lunchboxes and Jacob does not. Oh, no, I'm seriously. <laughs> but I know deep down yeah. he loves it. Um, and then one of the other tips, of course, I gave a few tips around the oils. But here's my number one tip. Give us. Make a chocolate body paint. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, for mm. sake, she's going to go down every podcast. <laughs> Can we just go back to openness? <laughs> <laughs> that leads to openness. Oh, for goodness sake. But it was just making it fun, you know? Yeah. Like, like, And it was an organic body, chocolate body rub. Um, you know, Cindy's Rapidura sugar, her coconut oil, a couple of melted cacao wafers, and three drops of orange. Wow. You hop into the shower together. It's a Jaffa <laughs> chocolate body paint, body wash, body scrub. And Danny and I, are, and it's good enough to eat. And I'm like, um, and but I'm just saying that these sorts of things to me, it's, it's about creating fun. And are we, we going to make that a Christmas gift? I think we should a chocolate body paint. A, a chocolate body paint of um, chocolate body scrub. The ingredients. Oh. I think we should. Yes, I think we should do that. I think we should. But but what would you say from that point of view, from a man? Do you like it getting notes? I mean, am I just barking up the wrong tree here, or is it the right thing to be doing? For no, you? You're definitely not barking up. The wrong tree. We love the little things, but a man's mind works a little bit different also. And you can look at a point system. So a man's mind goes, I do a big thing, I get 100 points. Job done. 
I I picked flowers at the wedding. That's huge. Oh, that's all I've got to worry about. That'll so take you care of next year. That'll take care of next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, women's mind works different. All the little things are just one point. So dinner. even that, yeah, that, you picking the flowers at the wedding, that's one point. One point. <laughs> you marry me, that's another point. Yeah. A man's mind, me marrying you, that's a million points. That's the yeah. whole <laughs> life done. That's no more. So that's how our minds work. And we dig into this uh, a bit deeper with how we teach, is about how our minds are different and yeah. how the perception a man has and a perception a woman has is completely different. So all the little things are amazing and they're great tips. Yeah, but also, um, just on a point with that, is the love languages. If you've yeah. that, you know, mm. we're all different because that lights you up so much to write that note and how you feel when you receive that, you know, is it different for the person receiving it? What's most meaningful to them, you know, and the um, five love languages. So there's, you know, some people love receiving gifts. So that note can be a gift. It can be flowers. Like Tim picked me some hand hand-picked flowers, stole them out of everybody's garden the other day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Where'd he go? Actually, that scored two points instead of one for some bought flowers. Yeah. So that was double points. That's double points. <laughs> and it's interesting that you say that because I use, I every time I go away, I put, I hide little notes all over the house. So when Matt opens his drawer to get his toothbrush, there's a little note there that says, Guess who loves you? Oh. And then he goes into the shower and he grabs his soap and he's, behind the soap is a wet, sloppy, note that I put it's me <laughs> and I know in the order in which he works around the house so I put the oh, notes wow. in the order in which he works cool. around the house I love that. and when he goes to bed in the night he pulls his doing it he pulls the sheets back <laughs> at the bottom of the bed I've got chocolates oh. and his favorite chocolate so when he puts his feet in he's going to freak out because he's going to think there's something in the bed <laughs> but it's all chocolates for him there and I do that every time I go away when he opens the fridge there's notes when he goes to the freezer to get his steak there's a note when he opens it you know like Everywhere and every time I go away, I come up with something more creative for him. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it, and I have a fat time doing it because yeah. I've got to come up with like there's usually I don't know twenty or thirty notes around the house where they're real surprises, and I hide them in his car, yeah. and I find his diary, and I know the days that he's going to go to the diary, and I've got a little love heart on the diary, and I go, guess who loves you, or you know, you love me, don't forget. <laughs> or, <laughs> Is that a control one? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. But a loving what? control one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do you know what's really funny about that? He never rings me to tell me, oh, that's so sweet. I ring him and I say, have you found all my notes? And he says, yeah, I found eight of them. And I said, oh, well, no, there's another 30. And he goes, oh, jeez, hon. Yeah. Oh, really? You've oh, exhausted them after eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I do something for him, like if, if he mows the lawns, mm. He's done something for me. Yeah. You know, it's, he's done something for me. And then if I do something for him, like I go and buy him his steak. Yeah. If I buy him Being his the steak. She is. <laughs> yeah. If I buy him his steak, he's like, oh, hon, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thanks for that. Yeah. But the little notes? No. I get nothing. So no. the five livelihoods. What yeah. Were, so, so he, so he, he wants me to do something. So, yeah, so there's actions. Yes. Yeah, so, well, acts of service, exactly. So... Um, yeah, that's mowing the lawn. And, and most men, this is a very big generalisation, but most men tend to do want to do things because it's also interlinked to their building of their testosterone, so it makes them feel good. But, when they um, fix things. When mm. they fix things, yeah. So, so that's true. And then there is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, men tend to be very gravitate towards yeah. those words of affirmation, appreciation. Um, and Physical uh, touch. Physical touch, yeah. Which is obviously affection, all forms of affection. Yeah. Doesn't just have to be in the bedroom. 
Yeah. Swallowing. <laughs> you didn't just say that. I hope nobody heard that one. <laughs> Keep going. Hang but on, what, 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 hang what on, just to say the five, because I know there's people that like to write this down. It's Gary Chapman's book, by yes. the way. Yes. It is. It's really great. It's um, brilliant. So, five love languages. So. Um, acts of service, words physical of touch, words yes. of affirmation. Oh, and quality time. Quality time. Quality time's mine. Yeah. I like quality What time. we tend to do is we give love in the way that we, we want like it. We like it. Yeah. And Without... then we get disappointed when we don't get it. Exactly. Yeah. Rather so... than knowing your partner, we'll have to go, ah, ours is quality time. Yeah. And we spend all day, every day together. Yeah. But say, if Vanessa's was, say, acts of service, if I was smart, I'd go, okay, mine's quality time, so we'll spend lots of time together, but I'll also do, this. do things for her. Even though I don't feel as much love, so that could be something mm. that, and part, that's happening. And part mm. of what we touched on last week was, you know, being able to attach yourself to your partner's highest values. But that's also what their love language is, and speaking their language. And also, um, you know, we touched on a bit of psychology, which is really basic psychology, and is really powerful, and it's a powerful tool that we use personally. I mean, we use all these tools, but um, it's the six human needs. So every single human being is driven um, by each of these six human needs and the way that they use the top two of those dictate their entire lives. So I'll, we'll give you a run We can't take credit. This is obviously one of some Tony Robbins human needs teaching. But he would have got it from um, no, Maslow's... Well, it's similar. He grabbed it's, a few different yeah. psychology teachings as far well, as so, I'm aware. So there's no new yeah. stuff out there, guys. No, no it's exactly It's recycled, it's yeah, recycled yeah. information yeah. and it's how we say it. And, exactly. and it's when people are ready to hear. Yeah. Too. And, and I might be a nutritionist that appeals to um, the way I say things to a group of people, but there'll be another nutritionist out there. And your relationship... Um, people who will appeal to one group but maybe not another group. And the same with Kim and Karen. Exactly. We, and I love this. And it doesn't matter where our information comes from. Yeah. As long um, as it's getting out As there. long as the information is getting out there. Exactly. So let's talk about those six. Yeah. So the first four are the needs of the personality. And um, so they are certainty, the need for certainty, the need to know that you can, be, um, you can avoid pain and gain pleasure. So it's comfort. There's also the need for uncertainty and variety, mm. the need for newness, the need for change. And then there is the need for significance. So we all need the, um, to feel special and unique. And the last of the four um, person, uh, needs of the personality is love and connection, which you know we truly believe that every single one of us is here to love and be loved. And that's the purpose and meaning of life. So that's a huge need. And everybody fulfills all of those top four needs. Um, but in order to, we believe, to live a truly fulfilling life, you need to move into the spiritual needs, mm. which are the last two, and they're the need for growth, the need to feel like you're progressing in life, and the last one of contribution. You're actually giving to something bigger than yourself, and you're contributing to somebody or some the world, and you know there's different extents of that. But um, the way that you're... You know, you need to understand yourself, and this is a really um, great tool to use to just get a basic understanding of why you do the things you do, why you act the way that you do, why you say the things that you do, why you feel the way that you do. And when you uncover what we have a structure that you can go through and discover what, what your driving forces are in these six human needs. Um, but just recently, to bring in a bit of story about this, Tim and I, in our relationship, we're noticing a couple of hurdles. We we're having some, like, bigger tiffs and we're like what's going on here because 
when we first discovered this, we recognized, well, my top two needs were um, love and connection and then growth. And Tim changed his top two needs, which you can do when you have a level of consciousness around it, to match mine because that creates the most ideal um, relationship, most successful, easygoing. I mean, any relationship can be successful, but if you match your top two human needs and their love and connection, so that's above all else, above feeling like you're the most significant person in the world and you're right and everybody else is wrong, or above your level of certainty where you know you might trap yourself in a relationship that's unfulfilling just because it's safe, and above your need for variety so you can't just stay with the one person, um, you know, when you have that love and connection, that makes a relationship a whole lot easier. And then having a level of growth as a second one, um, you know, you guys are going to fly. You know, if you're driven by growing and progressing and love, like, that's an amazing combination to have for a relationship. And so what we noticed when we we're actually running into these road bumps, we we're like, hey, we need to reassess where we're at. We need to see what, like, I feel like, my level of growth has come up above love and connection and we thought Tim's need for potentially significance because I was so driven in my self-development and he felt like that was coming between us a little bit. And um, so we sat down and we reassessed. We sat down at um, the surf club, beautiful view, and we just spent about four hours deciphering what our top needs were. And building that level of consciousness within ourselves. So, and then once you recognize, like, yeah, that's exactly what had happened. My growth had come above my love and actually my need for variety and uncertainty had come before love. So you can change. We're always changing. We're always evolving. And if you're not conscious, this is what happens. And, you know, and Tim, mm -hmm. what had happened for you? You tell your part. Well, I hadn't realized, but there's a test we could, we, we could we put together and we can take. It's a bunch of multiple choice questions, which you just answer, just basic mm. scenarios through your day, because we're always looking to meet these needs, no matter if you know, you're Indian, Japanese, or Australian. It doesn't matter where you're from. You've got these need structures. The difference is how you meet them, and that's where the difference in individuality and our personalities come in, how you're meeting those six human needs. And what had happened with me was I had growth and contribution, and contribution had never been at the top but it had changed. Mm. And then when that wasn't getting met, I, my ego, also known as significance, would come in. And then I'd feel like we weren't making each other number one, so then the connection was getting violated. Mm. So all of a sudden, we were having, having these road bumps in our relationship, but we had the consciousness to sit down and actually work out, okay, what's going on here? If we want the end result, if we want that outcome of having an outstanding, passionate, driven relationship that always is growing, get through anything, which we do, mm. we've got to sort this out. Mm. Because at any minute we can be taking each other for granted. Yeah. And that's no place to live. That's not where we want to live. And closing off from each other. And breaking yeah. Not being open and, and not trusting each other and yeah. breaking all the rules. Yeah. And, and that's what had happened for me. Why I'd let, allowed growth to come before love and connection was we had had a couple little fights that I just hadn't quite... I and they made me feel a little bit unsafe. And as a woman, if you feel a little bit unsafe, you know, you close... Yeah, you it's, get scary. it's scary to have love and connection at your very, very top. And you'll choose that when, you've, when you're unsure. So um, I'd gained my certainty and my comfort in growing me as an individual because I know I can make myself feel better. I'm not going to rely on anybody because that's my past self would rely on somebody else to make me happy. And so I'd moved gradually over to growth because it was a safer option to have as my top need. And when we were able to uncover that and recognise it and recognise 
hey, with what we're creating and the kind of life we both want and we won't settle for less than, we need to make sure that we choose to have love and connection up the top. And yeah. you know what? You have that knowledge. Yes. Whereas a lot of us in a relationship, we don't have that knowledge. You know? like, we just do yeah. relationships. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. Just go about doing You just things. do yeah. what you do. And, you well, know, there's no framework to even have the conversation. No, there is no framework. No. I wouldn't you even know to have the conversation. To, you don't learn yeah. how to relate to people no. in school. And, that's right. so the only, so and the only yeah. place that we learn how to relate to people is through our parents. And if yeah. our parents have had an amazing mm. relationship, well, we do. But if our parents yeah. have not had an amazing relationship, we're in all kinds of trouble. And I think yes. most people have grown up in some kind of dysfunctionality somewhere, somehow. And we yep. create these habits. So, yep. you know, last week we were talking about, you know, you have habits or rituals mm. that you do every single day. And I, I think about, I've been in a marriage for 30 years, and I think about what habits we've created that are not mm. good habits. Yes. And we don't have the rituals anymore. You know, right. I snore how it sleeps outside the bed, you know, mm. because I snore. Mm. <laughs> I've just told the world. I all right, the whole world knows. <laughs> we don't snore. I don't notice you well, snoring. Nobody else notices me snoring, but he doesn't sleep well anyway. So anyway, I have so, slept with you, and you don't snore. Thank you, darling. But apparently, <laughs> I do. Apparently, I do. And so he will move outside the bed, mm-hmm. and then our morning routine is he'll be up at four thirty. He'll be gone, and then I'll get up from my swim. I'll be gone. We'll meet for coffee. We do meet for coffee, mm-hmm. um, and it, and we're in a really bad habit. Mm-hmm. I, listening to what you guys were doing about last week, so. Being somebody that, and I'm sure most of our listeners do not have relationships like Kim and Karen. They've probably got more like a relationship like me that is struggling, and I'm putting it out there. We're struggling. We're 30 years on. Our kids have all grown. We're home alone again. We've gotten into a habit, and here I am about changing habits, Mm -hmm. and I'm not changing my habits. Mm -hmm. So I think it's synchronicity for two Perfect timing. Perfect timing for you guys to be here because... I'm at that stage where I'm thinking, why are we even together anymore? Yeah. Even though we are amazing business partners, we are amazing parents. Yeah. We are actually really good friends for the yeah. most part, but we are not a good couple. So I like go, what do we do? What is, you know, I, I know, you know, we're in our 50s and 60s and you're in your 30, 20s and 30s, but I feel like you have the tools and that's what. Yeah, people like me need are tools like you what you've got so tell me where do I go it's sort of like what we touched on before that we're constantly changing and evolving as individuals Mm -hmm. and you know especially you know we've come across it a lot doing what we do is people in relationships especially with children and you give your life to the children and that's your way of life until the kids leave home and you're like hey who are you you've got to reinvent yourself again don't you and it's about you are Exactly. And the problem is we don't know who we are. So how else is somebody else going to discover who we are and give us what we need if we don't first know that ourselves? So it's about empowering ourselves. And, you know, on Tim and my my journey, we started with relationships and all this sort of thing. And then we got to a point where we're creating this online program. And the first we're like week one is all about empowering you. And then this list got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're like, uh-oh, like, we can't do it, like, for one week. We're going to blow people's minds. Like, they can't take all of that it's in. It's too much. Yeah. So that's why we're so driven to, first and foremost, help people with their relationship with themselves. Because if you can't do that, then you, you're just, you, you, you have no certainty whatsoever how that's going to work out. You know, if you don't know what you need, 
if you don't know why you do what you do and what's most important to you as an individual, then you can't meet somebody else and be full. You'll probably just go to them and rely on them to fill you up or you know you don't even know what you're fighting about or there's just this disconnect because you're not looking after yourselves. And you know that's why I like your ritual that you talk about, Kim, about really you know lathering yourself up yeah. and building your relationship with yourself. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a question around that. In terms of, like, for most people, they don't know who they are, and I think that's yes. so profound because we don't. We've really lost ourselves in our conditioning and our beliefs. So if a person doesn't know themselves but they, but they know what they want, so they, they, they know that they're missing that love and affection and they know that they're missing that touch and they know that they're missing... Um, communication and connectedness and togetherness and they know that that's what they feel like they're missing because yeah. is it fair to say that we know what we're missing mm. we don't necessarily know who we are but we know what we're missing yeah mm. do you think that there's value in being able to give what we don't what we think we want of course but it's very difficult for most people to do because we believe that you're either coming from a place of love or you're coming from a place of fear as that's just the simplification of what we try and teach. So and emotions are an expression of that. And generally when, like the deepest fears that dictate our entire lives it, uh, that we're either not enough or we won't be loved. And no matter... Or be alone. Yeah. Is that not being loved? Well, sure. exactly. That's the deepest level, but then there's all the umbrellas, you know, fear of rejection and fear mm. of failure and, you know, fear of being alone and all of that. But really it's just because you don't feel like you're going to be loved or you're enough. So... You know, basically based on, on that, it's, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so being, um, it's not enough, you're not enough. Yes. Or, or you you, you're loved. looking for love. So it won't be love. You, you won't, won't be loved. Be loved so they're the two fears that we have. The deepest, deepest fears. fears. And, and so when we're driven by that, we know we're missing love, say. We know we're missing that special someone. Or if it's a relationship we're in, we know we're missing that connection. Yet, we tend to place blame on the other person. They've pulled away their love from me. And I'm not going to give them what I feel I need because I'm in too much fear for that. Because that we makes read me into, feel vulnerable. Yeah. So what we Which like to... We mm. like to remind people that behaviour is not intent and that every action or, um, you know, anything we say to our partner is either a call for love or an expression of love. So if you're getting any fear back from them, so if they're distancing themselves from you or it's, they're feeling the same. Or blaming. Everybody's waiting for somebody else to go first. So why, don't, why not step up and go first? If you know what you're missing, if, that, if you feel I'm missing that love, step up and go first. And you're only going to break through it. It's, it's crazy, you know, it's scary. But if you can trust their intent, if you can trust that you once had that love, you once had that great connection... You don't think they're missing it too? Of course they are. How do you work it then if one of you's got the aha yeah. and really contributing and doing that and wanting that, but you're constantly getting the, well, it's your fault, you're the one with you first. Because one of you's conscious and one the other conscious. one's not. Yes. So how long do you give it before you go, you know what, maybe this isn't meant to be? You just got to, we like to give a sort of, say, we don't like using time frames because everybody's individual and unique, but... 
a really great place to start is knowing who they are. If you've got the level of consciousness, then we can work with you on that. And knowing when you understand yourself to a certain degree, say you understand your six human needs, you've lived with this person, you know this person, you can work out their human needs without them having to tell you. You can work out their love language by how they show you love or they have in the past or whatever you know about them. Then just be, just give. Give unconditionally. Fill them up because their love tank's on empty. You know, they haven't got any love to give because they are completely empty. And it's your job if you, any relationship can be turned around. That's our true belief. There's no such thing as, uh, you know, you're choosing to walk away or you're choosing to both stay there, but you have to both, you know, eventually take that responsibility for where you are in the relationship. But going back to if there's only one of you in that level of consciousness and you're the one wanting to make it, make the change, you have to understand your partner enough and fill that love tank up. Fill them up. Give it, you know, there's nobody who's going to walk away from somebody who's meeting and exceeding all of their needs. It's not possible. It doesn't happen. And no. You, it's, if you've got the consciousness, then we believe it's your job. Yeah. If you want that relationship to evolve and you want that to, 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 to flip, you've got the consciousness, which mm. means you've got the tools, you've got the fuel to start making those steps. And there's fear there and it's hard. We've dealt with many, many couples mm. who, are, who are years deep in a relationship. But the first, the first step is, is what is admitting. Yeah. Admitting where you're at. And that's not blaming. Because taking ownership over your position, your relationship... Is how you're going to turn it around, and not blaming yourself either. Exactly. Yeah. So that would be the first. So, step. so not blaming is not blaming anybody. It no, just is. There's no room for blame. Yeah. Because then you're you're putting everything out of balance. So it's about actually taking, taking responsibility. Perfect. Is that what it is? Yeah, absolutely. And just, then perhaps giving until you don't have the need anymore. So it's like, yeah, the way that I'm picturing this is like, fill that person up. Give, 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 give of yourself. If you've got the consciousness, as you guys say, give of yourself and give of yourself until you don't have, until you feel that that need's not there anymore. You might recognize another need and then give give according to that need. And remembering that you're giving in their language, not your own. Because otherwise it'll go unnoticed. And also say you give and give and give in their language, in their highest values, what's most important to them. You do that for three months consistently and you prove to them you're going to love them no matter what. No matter what they throw at you, you'll love them through it. Love them like your child. Love them with some unconditional... Unconditional, yeah. Yeah, Unconditional Which you do give to your children. And then at the end of the three months, if they can't see that and you've truly, you know you've given it your all, I think you'd feel a lot more comfortable walking away from a relationship where you know you've given your all mm. and they can't come to the party because there's two of you. Mm. If you're both not willing to take some personal responsibility and decide you're wanting to move forward, unfortunately, one person can't make that happen. I think and I think, think not doing it out of manipulation either. Of course. Like doing not it, giving to get. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just doing it because ultimately it's going to fill you up to 100%. So you are actually giving to yourself when you're giving to another person. Oh, yeah. And in that context, whether they give back or they don't give back is kind of not the point. Yeah. The point is that you're actually, that's what you feel like you're missing, and by giving it to them, you're giving it to yourself anyway because you get that sensation, you get that feeling. What a great teacher. 
Well, I think what a great teacher that would be to have someone that's really hard to break through. Like I always say to the children, when someone's being really rude, or if they've got a teacher that's really challenging them, or someone that's, I go, wow, this is awesome. Let's do some human experiment (laughs) here, and let's see if we can turn them around. And if not, it's okay. But how much fun are we going to have trying? You know, and and so they are both. They're both so bloody clever at it. The way (laughs) they get through to some of their teachers in there. They have a clever, clever mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we um, had Kimmy's fifth um, birthday for 28 a couple of weeks ago. And, and I, I remember um, we were all asked, um, you know, what was our, our, how we succeeded in business. And mine was um, my parents. You know, mm. I felt my parents gave me an amazing start. And I, I then said, Kim is an amazing mother. She has rituals around her motherhood. She has... Um, I just watch her every day how she interacts with um, her children. So why was I going there, Kimmy? Just giving you praise, maybe? Filling the love tank up. See, we fill each, we fill each other's love tanks <laughs> up all the time. And, <laughs> and, you know, and sometimes you do get it from your, 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 your closest friends, your soulmates. You know? That's mm. the point. Sorry, Danny. I just yeah. wanted to say that what I love about what you're saying is that because I do believe some relationships have come to the end of their soul journey yeah. and that's okay yeah. and I think the key I just got from you then was that you have much rather than walking away because you've thrown a tantrum or yes. because they're not giving you what they need or stuff you I mean anyone can quit a relationship yes Anyone can walk out. That's the easiest yeah. thing to do. Mm. The hardest thing is to challenge yourself in this. And I think what I've really got from you is, and, and what you said, Karen, was, you know, do it for you anyway. The gift of well, the yeah. is such mm-hmm. a Think about thing. how much you're going to grow as a person. If you're able to break through and just show love when somebody else can't show any love back, so you're not getting anything in return, you've done that for three months. God, you are going to attract somebody pretty incredible mm. into your life mm. and you're going to have an incredible relationship. A hot Italian style. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I thought just to take that a step further, imagine if you did that all your life. Wow, imagine yeah. if you didn't just do that for three months. Imagine yeah. if that's the way that you related. Imagine if that's that's the way you approached every relationship. Of course. Is that it was never about getting it was always about giving yeah. my husband because that that, then you're giving back to yourself all the time anyway so you can't so you never be needy then you yeah, can't give without receiving anyway mm-hmm. so yeah. the things that danny said right and we've been together for 27 years um well are you that old <laughs> look good don't that's 28.com you've been together 27 years soon it's going to be 28 <laughs> <laughs> imagine the party then <laughs> It'll always be 28 just so I can get the dot com in. But the one thing that, you know, he, he said to me, and Danny has lost his way during our relationship, and, and probably I have as well at times, particularly when I became a mum. I didn't, you know, I just became this milk truck and, um, and server of all. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you do get like that as a mum. You do. You lose. You feel like you you've just yourself. become this servant. Um, and and you do find and you know even little things like your children going why are you late mm-hmm. or um, husband going is there no dinner mm-hmm. are you serious is, not, is dinner yeah. on the table yeah. mm-hmm. or well I made you a cup of tea where's your you know like when you mm-hmm. start uh, for women who we haven't even got to the women's three needs yeah, yeah. but I'm imagining <laughs> that though one of those needs is to be loved you know or, yeah. or to be nurtured in a yeah. way to feel safe 
to, in order to yeah. give. So, but what I was going to say is that one of the beautiful things Danny just said recently in a text to me is, you've never changed from the minute I met you to this, through everything we've been through, yeah. you have never stopped giving and loving me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that was the beautifulest we make up words. Here. We do make yeah, up words. Make up <laughs> there is an up for a chat dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Wet called Where's My Mind? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but, but I think one of the things that I really learned from that is, is I can give. Yeah. I, I love yeah, to give. You are an amazing giver. And mm. I love to pay compliments to yeah. people. And I love to... To, you know, one of my grandmother always said to me, one of the greatest gifts you could give is to reflect the beauty of another. Yeah. And no matter whether, and when they're being really ugly, yeah. one of the greatest challenges <laughs> is to turn that ugliness into a manifestation of beauty. Yeah. And she's good at that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always seen she's it good. as a challenge. It yeah. used to really hurt me. It used to really crush me. And I used to become this wounded little flower and think, yeah. why me, poor puppy? Mm. Um, but then I went, oh, you just need love. Yeah, you know, like there's a cry for love or a cry for the, you know, or a yeah, call for love and an expression for love. But if you feel, if see, you do such a great job at filling yourself up. It sounds like you build a great relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. and when you can give yourself love, then you've got it overflowing. You can give it to others. But if someone relies on on the outside world to give them love, that you know, it's uncontrollable, and mm-hmm. that's how their love tanks can be completely empty. So. That's, yeah, like I was saying before. Does someone ever go through life then in a relationship? You know, like if, you know, we've got friends in our networks that have got relationships like this and and one is constantly thinking the other one's to blame. Mm. Do you think there's some lives just go unfulfilled? Of course. Do you know, like, there is, no matter what you do for another, there's just sometimes the greatest gift you can do for yourself is to walk away from that. Yes. Would you agree that you yeah, should? You know, some couples say they stay together for the children. and Yeah. You know, but when you that? look at that, absolutely yes. But then the deepest, if we look back at the human needs and we, everything we do is for one, of those, one or more of those six human needs, you look at an addiction, you're meeting three or more of those human needs. And once you understand yourself at that level, why would someone stay in an unfulfilling relationship? What need are they meeting? Certainty. Mm. The pain of leaving... Mm. Outweighs as great oh, as the pain of certainty that they yeah, know what they're living in. Yeah, yeah. The better the devil you know, the devil you don't. Mm. Yeah. So they mean that need a certainty. Now, if you know that about yourself, you grow to a level where you know your human needs inside out, all of a sudden your life, you won't allow it to be unfulfilled. Mm. Because your growth, you would have expanded, you would have progressed. Okay, I need to give to my partner here as much as I can. I need to fill them up. If it's going to fill me up in the meantime, it'll be challenging at times. I won't want to do it at times, but if I value myself and I value my relationship, I'm going to do it. Then you would have grown so much that it's like, okay, like Karen said, you can walk away within yourself knowing I've given it absolutely everything. Like what you said, Karen, uh, last week with the elastic band analogy, once it's stretched and it just won't go back, Mm. that's what it's like when you understand yourself enough. You, You know what you can and can't accept and you won't either continue being there or you'll try and make the changes and whether that person follows through or not is the deciding factor well, we can't control anybody else we can be influenced but we can't control we can mm. only control ourselves we can only change ourselves exactly. that's what I say to everybody you yeah. have no influence we even actually talked about do we really have influence mm. yeah, yeah. I listened to that this mm. morning <laughs> oh did you so yeah. why, don't, yeah. why don't we move on and start talking mm. about the female yeah. feminine roles because I yeah. think we're probably going to be doing our hour <laughs> shortly <laughs> 
Oh, we can't. I've got three other big questions. Oh, well, yeah, really well, we're oh, 47 <laughs> minutes, um, everybody out there. So I'm sure people yeah. wouldn't mind us keeping going. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. So, so when we look at feminine rules, so for the guys out there, they want to be following these, and, and for all the women... You want to be able to ask your mentor. Ask your mentor. Yeah, yeah, ask your mentor. And the first one's attention. Women, you need attention. Oh, yes. 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 And... and well, it's out there. All, yeah, all the time. But it's also, it's the okay. willingness. It's the willingness for your partner to give you the attention when you need. It's, you know, so that's part mm. of the int- attention. Yeah, yeah, the willingness is huge. It's not like you need your man to, to drop, drop at your feet every minute of every day, but the well, willingness... Well, pretty rarely. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Some are more high maintenance. <laughs> Correct. Okay. You can usually tell by the height of their heels. <laughs> yes, very true. An- another another rule is is presence. Oh, Giving yes. gifts, diamonds. No, <laughs> what we're talking about diamonds, gold, anything that sparkles. Only their love language is gifts. Yeah, which, okay. which every woman's love language is. We're actually talking about. Presence, presence of, of people. Yeah, so being, being able to have oh, a, oh. an engaged conversation where oh, your partner right. is <laughs> present. able to listen to you and, and give you some understanding. Mm. You know, even though he might not understand what the hell is wrong, you know, if your man can be engaged and just feel what you're feeling and understand that you're actually feeling a certain way, mm. um, that's part of... And then the last one is... Safety. Yeah. Is... That's, that's to, it, yeah. Be emotionally safe with that partner, not just physically safe, right? So um, safe in the fact that we trust that they're going to consciously choose to do the best by our relationship. They make decisions based on us rather than just them. That makes us feel very unsafe as a woman if you feel like your partner's just taking care of himself and not moving towards making, you know, as a couple making those decisions. Which are linked to the human needs. That safety is, is that certainty. The yeah. certainty within you as a couple. That you're, you're a strong couple moving mm-hmm. in, in the right direction. So we always say is, is to create a vision around your relationship. Yeah. Like any area of your life. If you want success in an area of your life, create a vision. What are you going for in, in your business? Is it just, mm-hmm. oh, we'll see how we go today? Or have you got goals? Have you got figures you want to hit? Have you got people you want to help? Same with your relationship. And I think, too, that sense of safety around self-expression for women because we are so expressive traditionally um, to be in a relationship where we can feel safe to be self-expressed, to share what we think, to share what we know, or to share what we believe or see or observe. And sometimes in relationships, because men may not be on the same wavelength as the women... Um, you know, you might express all of your emotional yeah. innermost, innermost, and it's met like with a mm. with a brick wall. Especially if yes. one person in the relationship is conscious, yeah, and the other person in the relationship is less conscious. Yeah. conscious, and opposites tend to attract too, don't they? It's a really good so, tip. Just on that point that you brought up, Karen, is that women, if you can understand that about yourself, that sometimes it just feels good to let it all out. And it's not necessarily you're looking for a solution or for your partner to fix the problem, but you see a man's mind, you've got him for like three minutes. And if you don't <laughs> let him know, if you don't let him know before In short time, if you recognize, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't recognize that you just need to let some steam out and you're not looking for a solution and you yeah. don't let him know that, Hey, Hey, you know, could you just, I just want to let this out. I don't yeah. need any solutions. I just really want your presence. I just want you to listen to me and maybe give me a hug or something. 
And then that relaxes a man, you know, because otherwise he's getting, you know, you've just went through one thing and then another thing and then you're on a completely different subject and he's trying to find the solution and he's lost it. And then he gets angry and then he tries to throw out solutions to you and, of course, you don't want the solution. He's making a problem out of your problems, you know. So (laughs) you feel um, annoyed by it. You create a whole different dynamic in the relationship in a fight where both of you truly the intent was pure Mm. you didn't have that understanding of yourself and you couldn't express to your partner what you truly needed so that's what you know a really good point on that is the difference yeah i think that's a really good good distinction there too is to really understand what the intention is yeah you know because if you go to the highest intention of the conversation it's peace yeah. He wants peace for you, you want peace for you, but you're yeah. just both going to go in a different direction. <laughs> exactly. Matt and I had a conversation the other night. I was going, I was having a bit of a conniption myself. <laughs> Unusual. Uh, no, very, very. I'm usually very calm. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, Matt, I said, I just, I need to tell you something because I think my feelings are so intense that there's nobody else in my life that can cope with them. But I know that you will. But nice I, yeah. I know. Nice. I know. He's now got the chest out. His yeah, ears are fully exactly. flapping. He is ready. Yeah, <laughs> and he was. And he goes, oh, what oh, hon. Yeah. <laughs> and like my Matt, he's like your typical Aussie male, you know. Yeah. He's big and he's hairy and he's strong Love and he's masculine, you know. He's your typical Aussie bloke. Yeah. And I said to him, I just, I said, I, I, I need to tell you this because my feelings are so intense. Nobody else will be able to cope with them. And I know that you will because you're so big and strong, but I don't want you to fix this. Yeah. I said, because you cannot fix this because I can't fix it. Yeah. I can't fix it. You can't fix it. But I just have to get it out because it's just yeah. circulating around in my head. And now she's got 10 seconds of the three minutes left of that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? <laughs> that is so right. Mm. I spat it out. Mm. And within seconds, he's like, oh, did you see that? Oh, we were watching, <laughs> we were watching, we were watching oh, telly. And he goes, did you see that? And I went, yeah, actually I did. Yeah. And he goes, oh, come on, hon, it's not that bad. You've got a pretty good life. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a pretty good life. You've got this, you've got that. And look at your beautiful fluffy dogs because both the kids were sitting at their feet. And he goes, you've got two beautiful fluffy dogs. It's really not that bad. And then he comes over and he wraps his arms around me. We were sitting yep. on the lounge and he squirms on over and he wraps his arms around me and he goes, don't worry, honey. it doesn't matter what happens, I'm always going to be here to look after you. He says, so don't you worry, honey. it's all yeah. good. <laughs> and just me getting it out, holy caramba, I can't yes. tell you how much better I've been since then. Yeah. But then also, you know, for me, you know, Matt's not a giant, but you know, yeah. I know I paint him to look like King <laughs> Kong with the hair and everything, but he's yeah. not really that bad. <laughs> But just, you know, like to me, he's very big yeah. for my size. He's, yeah. he's quite a big person. So he comes over and he gives me a hug and I always feel so safe. Yeah. And just really to, to really confirm and reiterate what you guys are saying. I, and I didn't really get that that's what I was after. Yeah. Because in my skin, it felt very unsafe. I felt very unsure. And usually that's, that's a transition time for me. That's a yeah. transformation time for me. So I'm... I'm good with it and I really thrive on that. Yeah. But during the time that I'm going through it, it's so uncertain. Yeah. And to have his safety yeah. meet my uncertainty, mm. it was like it was like putting <laughs> foam over a fire. Mm. Yeah. Really, it really was. And I didn't realise that that's what I was after. And now that I've got the language from you guys, mm. now I actually know, well, that's really what I'm after. I'm not going to die over here. <laughs> All I want is... Yeah. But he's my he's my yin yang, yeah. you know the, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. And I had no idea, and I, I'm going to tell him. I'm yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
podcast because he no. gets very upset when he thinks I've spoken about him on the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! The I know. Australian knows that. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. We <laughs> meet people, we meet people in, in, at workshops and things, yeah. and if I have my children or someone or Daniel there, yeah. they go up to them as if hey, they Daniel, know them, yeah. and I think, oh, don't tell, don't tell Jacob, don't tell, them about, don't oh. tell Jacob what I said. Yeah. Um, no, they and know. My Matt is so private. He's like, yeah. oh, hun, do you really have to mention my name? <laughs> no, we don't, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. I know there is so much to ask you guys because this is relationships are the be all and end all, yep. and for many of us, they can they can make or break you. Oh, yeah. um, I'd like to think that every relationship can make us and recreate us, but the the reality is, according to Dr. Brian Weiss, he believes there is a a couple of amazing soulmates that you will have through your life, and you're yep. lucky mm-hmm. and blessed to have them. Um, and it's okay sometimes for those soul journeys to come to an end in yes. order to make room for another soulmate. And they're always going to be there. It's just whether or not we're open and willing for the conversation. Probably what you were saying about yeah. the self-love. When yeah. you love yourself enough, you're going to be attractive enough. Exactly. And for those couples that end up having second marriages, maybe third yeah. marriages, is a wonderful opportunity for reinvention. Yeah. I want to ask you, Tim, from the point of view of a couple of questions I've got here. Affairs. What... What happens? Why do affairs happen? And I'm only asking you because us women just go into a major meltdown. I've got a belief that I don't think anyone goes literally looking for an affair, but somewhere in the love tank it's not full enough either with themselves, probably first and foremost, but then the fact that someone else lavishes them with some sort of attention or something. But what happens? Why are affairs there? And why should we feel so upset about affairs? Why are human beings monogamous? And give us the utopia answer now. <laughs> utopia. Well, well the, the, the easiest and, and the answer that... It's a great question, and it's one that we have we get a lot. And it's one that everyone's looking for why, 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 why. And, and no man will be honest enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not many women are always honest about it. No, that's very true. And very the true. underpinning of it all is about the needs. When your needs aren't getting met, you will go elsewhere. And not violate. just your sexual needs. But no, like those that. deep human needs we spoke about. Yeah. When those needs are getting violated, you'll break your values to meet those needs. Yes. No question about it. Can you self... Can, just on that note, you know, I've seen some amazing relationships and yet something's happened in the relationship and everyone's shocked because no one saw it coming. Could you say that those needs also have to come from within? Like I know we talk Definitely. about these needs, so the needs for self comes first. Yeah. So sometimes it can be the self needs that you're not giving to ourself enough, which is why we go elsewhere. Even though we've probably got utopia in front of us. You can't see it. You can't, right. You can't feel it because you need self you. And also just on the point of um, affairs, there's not just physical affairs. It's an emotional affair that would have been taking place well before it, it eventuated into a physical experience. And when we talk emotional affairs, you know, so many people, a, a major point is if you're not making your partner feel like they're number one or you're willing, you're willing to make them number one, you tend, like people go to their children or they go to their friends. They go somewhere safer than their intimate partner to fulfill their needs and when we do that you're going to have problems if your partner perceives that anything is more important to you than them you're always going to have problems and this is where the basis of the affair will start it starts at at an emotional level 
where we feel like we're not as significant to our partner. They'd choose something else over us, whether that be work, whether that be the kids, whether that be our friends. The challenge is then in that is that you can't, under, you, you can't predict another person's perception. So they may be perceiving that they're not number one, but in your mind they are, and they've just got a whole world of other communication drama going on around So that. then the question yeah. is, what aren't you doing to mm-hmm. betray that? They may have... They may have a perception that you're not making the number one. They've so got a voice. How, how are you yeah. contributing to that? Yes. And that's a, that ownership and that personal responsibility. You and know, you're just bringing up a really good point here. And, and I know Karen's mentioned this before. And it's just really hit me again. Actually, when you get to having sexual relationships, you are stepping into adulthood. You are yeah. conceived to be an adult, um, to have that responsibility. Particularly once we hit into marriage and, and long-term relationships, but Karen's always said this, and I love it. It's like, you know, you're an adult. Yeah. Ask the question. Yeah. You know, you, if, you, if you're sitting there going, oh, he doesn't love me, he doesn't do this, he doesn't exactly. do that, why not ask him? Yeah. Or why not ask him? You can't know. You can sit there with a world of perceptions, but you can't know until you actually ask. And yeah. too much fear. People, people would rather make the assumption... And generally speaking, that's always going to be the worst possible scenario, which um, puts them, traps them in their fear. So they don't feel, they feel like um, that person doesn't care. And if they put themselves in a position where they have to ask, they're losing some of the hand. And this is where people do themselves an incredibly disjustice because they ruin their own relationships through their assumptions and their internal fears. Mm. So that's and the ego that stands between their ability to communicate. So yep. that's why we like to say, you know, it's either love or fear. You're only in a, either a place of love or fear right now. Which is it? Mm. Understand that at the basic level. If you don't understand everything else, but you can know when you're in a bit of fear. If it's, if it's anything but love... You're coming from fear. Mm. So, so we like to look at it to make it really simple. Love or fear, and our emotions are an expression of that. Mm. Yeah. So, love is gratitude, acceptance, um, what playfulness, all those those freedom, em- freedom yeah. those those emotions that feel good. Mm. We don't want to. We can't avoid fear. No, because fear it's... is there, but we express it in judgment. We express it in frustration. We express it in anger. We express it in, express it in these disempowering emotions. And more to the point, we don't move through them. We stay there. Mm. And then we keep recycling that. We yeah. keep recycling that within ourselves first because we, we generally blame ourselves first the most. And then we project it onto someone else, our partner or those closest to us. And something that we really like to say is that the way your partner is making you feel is a direct reflection of how they're feeling internally themselves. It's got nothing to do with you. They're, they're, that's what happens as human beings. We, you know, we feel rejected. We reject the other person. We make them feel rejected. So it's a really good way of gauging how your partner's feeling is how they're trying to make you feel and coming from a place of love and, and choosing the relationship over your ego. Yeah. yeah. Carl Jung said perception is projection. Hmm. So whatever you perceive in your, whatever you perceive about another is what's actually going on for yourself. So you project it outside of yourself and we do that unconsciously to reconcile it, to try and figure it out. But we don't actually realize that (laughs) that's fear underneath that that's causing all the judgment. And we miss the point. We miss that fact that I'm doing that to you because I'm missing that in me or I have that in me and it's causing me pain. So I'm going to give it to you so I can see it outside (laughs) of myself and see what it actually looks like. And the part that we miss as humans is that I'm giving it to you and placing it on you and painting it all over you so then I can fix it for myself. Yeah. We miss that final piece. Definitely. Yeah, and most of us don't have the consciousness to see it for what it is. Mm. Like you can, you look at it as a challenge, which is amazing. Yeah. Someone's projecting some fear, what we would look at, 
you look at it as a challenge, oh, they just need love, mm-hmm. which is amazing. It's an amazing meaning. It's a great way to reframe mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. your mind. More of us should take that. It's actually what we train men to do because, you know, most men want to bust through a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. And and so if we can reframe, you know, their women's their women's emotions as a challenge wow. and I'm going to be their rock, I'm going to, like, whatever they throw at me, I'm just going to be, you know, like, like Matt is to you. He's your big arms, you know. Oh, yeah. that, that certainty when you're uncertain because when a woman's throwing all that stuff out, she's very uncertain and she needs a man's certainty. Mm. So when he can face the challenge... And take it like any any fears coming from her as a challenge, like you do, Kim. Makes him very attractive. Hell yeah! It builds a polarity. It builds a polarity. <laughs> <laughs> Makes him quite spunky, <laughs> and then she becomes very open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open to the conversation. Yeah. Oh, you go. Well, I don't. Well, I'm not sure. Well, let's not speak of that. <laughs> so, so what I would love to say when I went to a raising sons workshop. Um, you know, when Jacob was little and and the whole fear was having... It wouldn't matter whether we had no toy guns in the house or not, but Jacob would turn his sandwich when we were eating bread into a gun or he'd turn the carrot or the celery stick into a gun. And, and one of the things that really was a big aha for me as a mother of a son was, um, look, boys need three things. They want a challenge, they want to save someone or something, <laughs> and they want to be the hero. Yeah, And... I don't think it's very different as a man. No. Now that I've been listening to what you're saying. Yeah, this what do you think? This has been awesome. <laughs> yeah. A huge part of masculinity is breaking through challenge. Yeah. So we, we talk to our clients about if the man isn't stepping up and being the man to what is going to make you feel successful. For me, get to the gym. Go, go break through that challenge or go close a great business deal or go for a run or go and eat something that just energizes you. Do something that makes you feel successful because that's going to build your masculinity, which is about breaking through challenge. Mm. So it's so true. Men want cha- We want to break through challenge. Yet, because there's more emotion evoked in our relationship with our, our significant other or our closest friends or family, that's the hardest place. Mm. It's the, so we withdraw from that. And men's typical pattern is challenging the relationship. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not... Not up for that. Don't know how to because we're not taught to be able to use our emotions and how to use those. So we would draw to somewhere that's more safe for a man, potentially their business, their work. I'll go succeed there because that's safe. Mm-hmm. Come back to this thing here, this relationship stuff, oh, too hard. Women's general pattern if they have kids is the, is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Too hard here, don't know how to deal with him. He doesn't get it. I'll go and grab my love from where? My kids. Mm-hmm. They stay with their kids. So therefore that unconditional love never becomes what it can be with their partner because it's with their kids. Mm. And still meeting the needs, but if you're trying to build a relationship, a successful one, you need to be making sure that you're meeting and exceeding each other's needs first and foremost. And then that overflows into your children and your friendships and your family and everything else. Well, I always say that the greatest, sorry, the the greatest love a man can show his children Mm. is the love of their mother. And the greatest love a, ch- a mother can show her children is the love and respect of their father, yeah. whether they're together or not. Yeah. And, and I always try to say that to couples that have gone their separate ways. Yeah. And I really admire couples that have the power to not blame the ex or yeah. the, the past mm. partners or the father. Mm. And even if the father is, or the mother is, is using the children as a weapon, mm. um, which is an awful, awful place to be mm. for the kids... 
um, one of the most amazing things, but that comes back to what you're saying is about self-care and self-responsibility yeah. and self-nurturing, self-belief. Mm. So that's just a reflection. I think one of the greatest gifts a parent can give a child going through that is to just teach them or try and show them that that's just a way. Of course. Not necessarily the way, and, and rather yeah. than going, well, you, actually, your mother's a dickhead, yeah. or <laughs> your father's a tosspot. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, I just think that you're really opening up that possibility. Lead by example. Exactly, and I think that's the greatest gift you could give any child or relationship. And just on that point, you know, if it's a relationship where you're not going to go your separate ways, we truly believe that the greatest gift any parents can give their children is the possibility of an incredible love affair. You know, so that, you know, you make each other number one. You are over and above the kids. They can go to bed, you know, when you say they go to bed. And you, you spend your time with your partner. Oh, I love it when Danny yeah. sends me to bed. What's your foreplay? Do you know, one of the tips I said in that article. <laughs> one of the tips. She just asked you what your foreplay was. Come on. <laughs> She's nearly bursting out of the seat right now. <laughs> but one of the tips I said in this spring into romance was even if you ha- like have dinner together, even with the children, mm. and make it playful. And that becomes, when I watch Danny engage with the children, I fall in love with them even more. Yeah. When I watch them laugh and joke with them, I look at them and I go, God, he's a good dad. And then I'll say to them, geez, you guys are lucky to have this dad. Geez, you're yeah. lucky. Look at him, he's a spunk. <laughs> and one of our therapists years ago said... Um, you know, Danny, one of the greatest things you can do is show your affection in front of the children. Oh. I'm not talking about groping and pelvic rubbing <laughs> and anything like that, but, but I mean the genuinal affection. Because the authentic love that you have. Uh, totally. And and when they know that, you know, and one of the things I've had to learn as a as a choleric personality, a strong personality type, is mm. not overriding Danny. It's very hard sometimes. <laughs> but truly in that, I've also learned that I have to allow him to be the man, yeah. you know, and, and because he's away a lot, I tend to step up and, yeah. and do all these things. And then when he comes home, I'm like, honey, we've been doing that. We've been doing this fine without you, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need you stepping in here and telling us how to put the rubbish out. We'll yeah. do it when we're ready. Mm. Instead, I go, honey... When do you think's the best time to put the rubbish out? Yeah. I, I actually go back into that. No, I don't mean that to sound manipulative. But all of a sudden, not. he his chest puffs out, and he's like, "I've taken the rubbish out, love. <laughs> I've taken care of it. That's yeah. fixed. I've yeah. solved it. It's, like, it's okay." But do you know what he does when he's home? <laughs> <laughs> My car is always filled with petrol. My wallet always has cash in it. Like when he's home and around, all those little things are filled and done, and I don't have to think about it. When he's not there. It's actually okay that they're not done, but boy, do I value it when he's yeah. back, and it's those little things. So, so as far as affairs, do you think with an affair, it can be worked through, moved through? Do you think relationships have an op- opportunity for regrowth? What's your thoughts around? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And like we spoke about before, when you know yourself and you know your partner and you know why things are happening and those needs are getting met within yourself and within your partner, the chances of an affair... We've never ever heard of a, a breakup when every need's yeah. been getting met. It just doesn't happen because we're human. We have the same needs. Learn that about yourself. But if it did happen, like Ness said before, it's happened emotionally a long time previous. Yeah. Rectify that, and then and then look. It's it, we haven't been through that, but no. what we do know, what we have research is, it absolutely can be rebuilt. Why? Because there are millions of couples out there who have amazing relationships who have been through that. And also Successfully flues. And not exactly. and not blaming because you need to actually recognise that hey, okay, they went out and physically cheated, but you what did you do? You're part of this relationship too. 
you, there's always two sides to the story and you both, just because one person expressed that physically, it doesn't make the other person justified. They shouldn't be in the victim role. They need to empower themselves. They need to take responsibility for where they're at. And I think that, you know, when we can understand and recognise that, okay, that person expressed it physically, but I was just expressing it in a different form. I was emotionally withdrawing and whatnot. So there's just different forms. And when we can recognise that, then we can actually understand how it happened, which is the first, you need to understand why it happened. And if you're willing to get to a level of consciousness to make that discovery and you're willing to put the relationship first and move forward and create a vision of where you want to go, then we truly believe that you can do that. Yeah, society beats up the the one Mm. who does the the physical. You jump into bed with someone else and we're not condoning that behaviour at all. But that's only one side of it. And it doesn't There's help the person side. who's been the victim, you know, it doesn't help that person being condoned and, oh, you poor thing, this and that, and because it can trap that person in this mentality of, I did nothing wrong, this person did this to me, and it's very disempowering, and they'll never move forward from that. Blame and judgment. Yeah. And then that? maybe you have a fear around all future relationships or in that relationship yeah. and using it as a blame tool. And, and you carry and that on. Bringing it up in, as a weapon to... So what about an open relationship? You know, people out there that have open mm. relationships where they, yeah. they, yeah, mm. we have friends. Mm, we have friends. We have friends. Who've invited us, Mum? <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Well, there are. There are people out there that have open relationships. So yeah. I don't, well, I don't see how that works. But personally, we we've got some friends who are like that as well, and. It was story. Maybe, yeah. it's a, maybe it's the same friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not name them. Let's not go there. And when <laughs> I first heard that, it was a bit shocking. But I think, um, I think, especially myself, I'm really, really open to anybody else's belief systems, and I actually kind of like it because I feel like I'm going to grow and I'm going to learn something. So um, I was just more interested. But I think that if two people, um, if two people, if that's right for them. And they can honestly say that that is truly what works for them. Then that works for them. Mm. We we can't place judgment on everybody else. You know, not everybody wants to live in each other's pockets like Tim and I do. You know, we're never apart unless we have to go to the bathroom or something. Well, then you don't. Know, so Tim don't even leave then. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> We're not judging Even when it no, no. So there are some things that just need to be left to the imagination. You could learn from this. But the thing is, is that when your partner's needs become your needs, when you truly can make their needs your needs, because you're there for one another, and you just you're playing the game of who can fill each other up more. You know, that's that's where the magic is, and you know. Who cares how that forms? If that is an open relationship, mm. if that is a monogamous relationship, if that is a homosexual relationship, however, whatever the form, it's or still polygamous. love. Exactly. Mm. The question still, about sorry, mm, the question about open relationships is: Are you is yeah. fear keeping you open? So, is the fear of going deep, real deep with somebody to a level that you may have never been to mm. from an emotional sense? Is that... Too scary. Too scary. Mm. Because a lot of people with the human needs will set off a connection. Because that's okay. We can connect with everybody on some level. But for love, for deep love, that's scary. Mm. Because there's more pain attached. There's more pleasure attached. Mm. And at any given moment, you can feel either. You can mm. feel one sense up here and the other, you know, of pain and pleasure. 
So that's the question surrounding open relationships from our end. But we, we, we truly believe that what's right for yeah. them as the individual, mm-hmm. if it feels right for them if in that given time where they're at, go for it. Because My only right thoughts wrong. around the open marriage is it's great that you two are on the same plane. You might even yeah. meet another couple that are on the same plane. Yes. But let's say you dabble with someone who's not on the same plane and mm-hmm. all of a sudden see you as their utopia and then there must be a whole lot of different That'd kind of scenarios going on. <laughs> yeah. But that would be pretty hard. Everyone would have to be on the same level, oh, I'd sure. imagine. And you could, but you yeah. can't know really each no. other's real values. You can't and maybe that's and part of the thrill of it. You can't yeah. ever force somebody to go against their values either. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think you know, we like to believe that like sort of attra- attracts like. You sort of tend to end up with people who have the same values as you, mm-hmm. just um, on a subconscious level. It just sort of continues to happen that way it's but kind of universal yeah. what's your thoughts I really believe men have a big role to play as role models for our men growing our boys growing mm. um, a lot of men are, are damaged goods and I don't mean that it's not women I'm not saying it, but I'm just talking about from a relationship point of view that's been role modeled from a father so what would you say to, say, a young man in his 20s that had a father that was pretty awesome and then his world shattered when he was a teenager, let's say, or you know something happened when he was 10 or something, or his father just became a druggie or alcohol took over or he, he just or he died or he treated his mother badly? Like, I just know from a boy's perspective, knowing that they want to be a hero, save someone and have a challenge... A lot of, I've noticed, men that are in their 20s and 30s that I'm getting to really interact with now, or couples that I'm marrying, um, a lot of their behaviour is based. And when I actually see that pain on a superficial level, or I'm watching it, I'm kind of like, oh, what's happened? Then I ask the wife or the partner what's going on, and they tell me about something, and it often comes back to the way or something their father did. Yeah. What would your advice be to a young man who's maybe had a troubled upbringing or he's had a father that was a druggie or an alcoholic or he died or he abusive. or abusive? Or yeah. like, how do we teach these young men to be men again? Can you say that in a few minutes? <laughs> I'd say in a few words. For me, that would come down to that you are good enough and that you're you're worthy of love. Mm. No matter what. No matter what. No matter no matter your what history, you've done or your what past. You haven't done, you're worthy of love. So it's about working on themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because a, yeah, that's men, we beat ourselves up, and I know men and women are similar in that way, but men, I believe, beat ourselves up more than anybody. We're already beating ourselves up well before our partner can or someone else. When you know why is this happening? We shouldn't be doing this. You know we should be more. All these questions, which is a lot of BS, and for that young young kid out there or young man and I can relate myself you know you know my part of my story is is I remember being dropped from a, a, a footy team and not being good enough and being told that and, and I was a little superstar growing up and the way I felt when my coach said to me you're cut it came from nowhere mm. and the way I felt was shattered I was absolutely shattered and I was a you know late late teens and all I wanted to be is a professional footballer that was my dream. So I know what it's like to have your dream crumble in front of you and not know what to do. And I lay in bed and I had no idea what to do. This thing that I'd put on a pedestal that who I was, my identity, no longer, that's not there anymore. I'm not good enough. All these questions about what, why, 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 blaming myself for not doing A, B, C or Z, doesn't matter. And it wasn't until a few years, few years later where I did some introspection where I really realised, hey, I'm good enough. I'm just like everybody else. We're all worthy of love. We're all, 
great as we are, yes, we can grow and progress and become better. That's part of the natural journey of life, we believe. Mm. But that would be the message. Is, hey, stop the garbage that's going on in your head and start putting some good stuff in there. What can we do as a parent? You know, this happened to Danny at 32. Dropped from the New Zealand cricket team, or 31 he was, but he heard it on the radio. Didn't even get the call. Mm. And I saw, and it was a decade of self sabotage and like looking back I can see what he did um and and obviously then hit rock bottom and then has had to do a lot of introspection and work to save that you're saying you did a lot of work and what was what made you do the work like how did you recognize you had to do work because a lot of men are still puffed out like a peacock Mm -hmm. and in fact some men that get that then become even more of a peacock and then it's stuff the world stuff you and and then it's put downs and it's like then they want to pay back almost so what made you go, I need to look in? What was that little bit? It's a great question. And at first thought, it was, I think it comes back to, again, we're talking a lot about those needs. It's about, well, I didn't know at the time, but I always had this need to grow and growth. And that's one of our human needs. And where it is on the hierarchy for everybody's different. We don't know that. Mine's very high. So I think what it was, was I'm not going to settle for a life that I don't feel that I'm, that I'm, I'm worthy of more. Now, I think that comes from a burning desire within every individual. And I think everybody's got it, but do they have the courage to uncover it? And if they do, you'll find the how-tos, you'll find the tools, whether it's a book, whether it's a seminar, whether it's something that's feeding your mind. And one thing my stepdad always said was, feed your mind good stuff. Mm -hmm. Feed your mind good stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, it could be anything. It might not be your time. Like that seminar I went to, it wasn't my time in my mind. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the time. It just wasn't going to happen. Somehow, something within me said, I'll just go. It got me in an environment where it allowed me to look within and show that vulnerability is actually actually a strength, not weakness. More accepting of myself, not blaming myself, knowing that I am enough as a man and as a person, and that I've got just as many gifts. I've got so many gifts that everybody can learn from, as we all do. So I think it's just an inner voice, an inner voice, and everybody has if, if they look for it. And, sometimes and that's even, the thing, being open to it as yeah. well, because many people can be telling you, yeah. you've got to read this book, or you could do this, or go to this person, or go to this seminar, yeah. but if you're in that stuff the world mode... It starts with blame. Yeah. It starts so, with blame, though, because most, pe- most people are either blaming themselves, or they're blaming somebody else, or some event. And that's what traps them in, yeah, just feeling hard done by. And what do you do when you're watching someone in there? What do we do when we're... I think that it's important to, you know, there's two different ways to deal with that. Most people in society, um, you know, will try and give that person the love and the support that they need. And that's always great. But you want to be certain that you're not trapping them in their victimhood. Like, this shouldn't have happened to you. I can't believe it happened. That person, I can't believe they did that to you. This and that. Because you can actually, they start to unresourcefully meet their human needs. And they get trapped in this, you're doing them a disservice by treating them like that. Instead, sometimes people need, always love, always coming from a place of love. And and making sure your intent is pure, and you're just trying to serve this person and help them. But sometimes we we need to be balanced out a little bit. We need to, you know, our perception is so lopsided at times when you get trapped there. And there's going to be times where we're going to stay there for a little bit. It's how long you live there for. Mm. If your life is living in that victimhood, then 
you know, you don't need people around you telling you you should be there. You are oh, you poor thing. You're so a victim. Cool. It's about having mm. a good tribe around you, isn't it? Of course. Yes. Having, yeah. having a good tribe, and I, and I agree, Tim, learning, information, yeah. um, what else is out there. Um, mm. Keep on the move. Like I know Howard always says to our kids, if you're in a stuck situation, keep moving. Just keep moving. Mm. doesn't matter which way you're moving, just keep moving, whether it's... You know, you want to get out of university because this is where we're at at the moment and mm. got the kids in university. So if you're not enjoying that course, then move to another course or yeah. move. But don't just sit and mm. do nothing. My yeah. dad always says, whenever you're going through hell, for goodness sake, don't stay there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Look, it's bloody hot in there. You're going to get your ass burnt. <laughs> <laughs> they stop and they get stuck and they do yeah. the same thing and they, they get in this spiral downward instead of going... Right, I'm in the spiral, but how do I start making my way out again? Which and it's rituals. Well, yeah. you guys mentioned books and seminars and information. Do yep. you, you guys run your own seminars? Because yeah. I think now would be a really good time for us to tell our listeners about yeah. where we can find you, where we can use yeah. you guys as a resource. So tell us about that. So yeah. the best the best place to find us, um, we've actually a little bit of a giveaway that your listeners can take advantage of and it's yeah, the, ripper. Yeah. yeah, it's the Freedom Formula eight step guide. So a lot of what we've spoken about is covered in that and it's the eight steps. So freedom, freedom, freedom formula, formula eight, yeah. step, eight guide. step guide. Yeah. And uh, the website will be um, what is it? It's Tim and Ness or lowercase and dot the A N D. So T I M A N D N E S S yeah, dot leadpages dot net forward slash up for a chat. Okay, I'm not sure if you're going to get that. Okay, so we'll write that down. So write let's, let's down. hit that again. So it's... it's Tim and Ness. All the W's. Dot. Yeah. <laughs> dot Tim lead pages. Tim and Ness. Any yeah. double S? Yep. Dot yeah. lead pages. L-E-A-D. Yep. Yep. L-E-A-D-P-A-G-E-S. Forward dot, slash. Dot net. Oh, dot net. Forward slash up for a chat. This is some of the software that we use. So oh, if the, okay. And so they'll know they're coming from here. You'll know yeah. they're coming yeah. from us. So oh, you yeah. can go to that page and you get, we've created a free guide. And, and what's yeah. that called again? It's called the um, Freedom Formula. And it's an eight-step guide to uncover, create and start living your dream life. So is this the rituals we talked about last week? No, that's something uh, we'll, we'll, we'll add, add that in. That. Thank you. We'll yeah. add that in for your listeners. I really yeah. loved your rituals. I oh, just felt yeah. that they yeah. were just so precious. So like Kim always talks about rituals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're ritual freaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's so important though. Yeah. You know, it's like habits. It's you know I have them all down pat for my food, for food health, yep. nutrition. I have it down pat. Yep. But it's so nice to see that, you know, couples have beautiful rituals too. You know? And I think the yeah. magic in the ritual, like Matt and I will do certain stuff that I've learned through my psychology. We'll do certain stuff, but only when our relationship gets to a really sticky point. Mm. And I think that the beautiful part about the rituals is that it never actually has to get to that in no. order for you to Most be doing the work. Don't, that's human nature, isn't it? We don't fix it till it's broke. And that's, you know, you've got to take measures daily. Because that's the conditioning. Don't fix what ain't broke. Exactly. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You yeah. know what I mean? How many times? <laughs> I've heard that over the years. But it's like they go to the worst in their mind and then they think they're going to fix it. They go to the worst in their relationship yeah. then they're going to fix it. They go yep. to the worst in their health yep. and then they want to fix it. And sometimes it's too late. Exactly. Yeah. And we've had that experience yeah. with coaching totally. clients where we've been really making progress with them and things are going awesome. 
and then they drop off the face of the earth and we haven't heard from them. We're thinking, hey, they should have booked in their next call. What's going on? And, you know, we get in contact. Oh, things are great at the moment. Well, keep the momentum going <laughs> yeah. until we and hear from them. And they're great for a reason. Exactly. And then yeah. a month later, things have dive-bombed and they have to pick up all the pieces again because they don't understand the consistency and they just give up. Or they think, everything's perfect. I don't need any help. You know, so... Yeah. So do you guys run events and seminars yeah. for the public as well? Mostly what do you guys do? Yeah, we're putting together seminars. Yes. Um, what we do is online. We do online programs as well. Okay. So where, will they f- where can we yeah. find you? The, the, best, the best spot at this... Yeah, uh, well, we've got myultimaterelationship.com. All the W's. All the W's. Yes. <laughs> myultimaterelationship.com. That's the best place... But, okay. but also with this new part of what we've discovered while dealing with couples is that, you know, because it all starts with you and a lot of people are on the wrong paths in life and they're living um, lives that they feel are expected of them. We've got this new angle and at the moment that's basically on our Facebook. Um, okay, and your Facebook, do you have your URL for your Facebook? Yeah, so it's just... All, all the W's. W's. <laughs> She's got. <laughs> She's got she my has number. Your number. <laughs> um, dot Facebook dot com um, face forward slash Tim and Ness. All heaps of places. places. I want to send my kids to you, Ripper. Yay! Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. I really want to. Send... We cannot be coming to an end. <laughs> I have a very big question here. <laughs> Well, we're not coming to an end, but I would like, I reckon yeah. it would be really good for young 20-year-olds. Yeah. I think it's a great marriage counselling call. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm like thinking, I'd love my son to come because mm. I think he could really relate to you, Tim. Yeah. He's a 25-year-old man. Yeah, hunk. for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a gorgeous man. Just yeah. a gorgeous man. Right. And a beautiful soul. Yeah, he is. Mm. And um, he's not finding love and I know he wants that I know that that's an important part of Mm -hmm. what he wants and I can feel him wanting to settle down but because he has no love he's not settling in his and I think I'm going to send him to you guys (laughs) we can send him the question is will he go go. (laughs) I think think he would love that I think um, I'll get him to listen to this podcast awesome yeah. Not Actually, maybe I won't get him to listen to this podcast. Maybe I'll just sing. <laughs> but for, for some of the young guys out there, and I've got a great relationship with my younger brother, and he's in his mid-20s, and we chat every single week, and he's, he's single and supposedly loving it, but if we know what everybody wants, he'd love it. But he's a real relationship guy, and he's yeah. had some long-term stuff in the past, and that hasn't quite worked out. But I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and he, and he just asked a question, just pretty fluffy, and I knew that was his... Way of letting Way in on, like, on, 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 I need a bit of help here, man, but I don't want to be too frightened for you. My older brother has got, you've got this stuff down, but I don't know if I do, blah, blah, blah. And that makes me weak and yeah, I don't, I won't look exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's is not garbage. a hero in that case. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll say the same things which I gave him. I said, you want the three Ds. Direction, decisiveness, and determination. Oh, yeah. You have those three things. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. the three Ds. You'll have anyone. Exactly. You need to, that's where your focus needs to be. If you've got direction in life, if you're determined <laughs> about it, and and um, but women are so attracted to of it. Of course, women are so. So he attracted. won't need to go looking. He just looks after himself with the three Ds and the women. What are the three girl? Up. The three girl things beginning with the D. three girl ones begin with oh, double Ds. That takes care of two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Is there three things? Desire, there? dedication. Uh, yeah. Mm. Devotion. 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 Mm. Stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> What's your last question? <laughs> All right. What's, 
What's your question, What's sweet your girl? Question? Go. Oh, oh no, here question. she goes. I'll take another day. So, <laughs> what's your thoughts around a quickie? Mm. And See, this was always going to happen. Well, we had to go here. We did, in we all did. honesty. What do you think his thoughts were around a quickie? <laughs> well, I'm just, I want to ask him about gourmet. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> and what's in between? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of couples out there that have beautiful, intimate relationships and amazing connections all over the place. Just come to the question, A lot of them friend. are very big in the beginning, <laughs> and, it, and that intimacy is easy at the beginning, and it's kind of more lustful. Mm. Our counts were beautiful. Jacqueline always... She thinks falling in love is actually the most dangerous and the most <laughs> um, volatile place to be, and it's not strengthening. Mm. So it's fun, mm. and it might be something that people get addicted to, which is why they jump relationships all the time, because it's that thrill. Mm. But in fact, her belief is the, the greatest, most incredible place to be in a, in a loving relationship is once you get through that and become amazing friends. Yeah. What's your thoughts from a sexual level? How is it when someone's tired? For a lot of women, after they've had children, they just don't have anything else to give. They, the man then feels rejected, and then the woman then thinks, well, stuff you, you don't understand. And then if he's complaining, the last thing she wants to do is put out, because mm-hmm. it's like as if I want to give my... And the other thing I want to put around there before you both answer... And that complaining makes them look weak. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. It's not masculine at all. No. no. But my mother-in-law always said this beautiful thing, and... and you know, as a woman, a young woman, and I've said this to my daughter, you are allowing a man into you. And, and I'm not trying to say this in a funny way, but you are very, you are in a vulnerable position in that way, but you're also in an incredibly powerful place by being and who you allow to be that for you. And I thought that I'd never had it sort of said to me in that way, the control. A lot of women think that they've got to give sex in order to feel loved. But in fact, when you stand in the place of, I'm allowing you Mm. into that sacred space, what are your thoughts around sex and and unity and relationships and and maybe from a teenage perspective through to someone who's been married for 30 years? Look, for us, everything inside the bedroom and, and sexually starts in the inner world, in how you're feeling about yourself how you're showing up, about your needs. How you're exceeding each other's needs. Because if you think about it, if there's no problem and your needs are each other's needs, and I'm not just talking sexual needs, I'm talking about your six human needs. If you're being fulfilled as a human being and this person fills you up and lights you up and you spend your lives just lighting each other up, you're always going to feel like sex. doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter because you're there with that person. And, and you can't wait to contribute to one another. It's when you deny sex, it's not because you're too tired, is our belief. That's surface. I mean, I mean, there's body. obviously different, you know, you've been in hospital for a week and you blah, blah, blah. There could be reasons for that. But honestly, you're not too tired. You know, your headache's probably going to go if you have sex. You know, it's, it's actually... And a quickie can become a limit. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And the thing is, you know, like Tim said... It's all about your inner world, which will affect your outer world. So it's it's your relationship. You've yeah. got to have intimacy outside of the bedroom of before course. you can have intimacy inside. Especially for women, because oh, well, even for men, you know, that's not you know, we we need to feel safe. That's one of the you know three feminine rules. So when we have that intimacy, like you're talking about outside of the bedroom, you're going to have mind blowing intimacy inside of the bedroom. 
So it's all the inner world, and that's why we said, you know, we don't just, you know, we're not like sex coaches, just that's what we specialise in, because we recognise that every single thing starts in our inner world. And part of what we teach around intimacy is a lot of people miss that the similarities will create the great friendship yeah. that we all want. It's the differences which create which creates the passion. Yeah. Yeah. We try and change our partners. We don't accept. We judge. That that doesn't. That's not accepting. That's not our differences. We're not accepting our differences. So we wonder why there's no passion because we're trying to make our partner be like more like us or do the things our way. So there's those little resentments because yeah. we feel unaccepted by our partner. And that's why we're so passionate about teaching people about the differences between men and women and learning to deal with each other, not make, not trying to make each other like the other person and assume why a man does that is the same reason a woman will do that. And I think that's where it all starts because we don't have that knowledge of ourselves and our partner or the differences in between the sexes. And then we make the assumptions or we try and change the other person to be like us, which kills the polarity in the relationship. Because like Tim was just saying, if you're just the same person, how friggin' boring is that? You don't, you've you got don't, your friend, you don't need another friend. You want a partner. And you lose respect <laughs> for one another. Because, you know, we really believe that the definition of respect is when you feel like there's somebody who can bring something to the table that you can't bring. Or that, or, you know, so you respect that person, you value that person. If you feel like they're just bringing the same thing to the table as I can bring, and I can probably bring it better, you're going to disrespect that person and you're going to kill the relationship. So it's about being conscious about all And there's different things. stages of relationship. Obviously, that first sort of yeah. 12 to 24 months is that infatuation stage where things are new, that, that need of, of uncertainty, the spontaneity, the variety, it's all there. So you don't have to work at it. And hormonally, there's a whole world of stuff going on um, for men Mm. and women at that point. So as time goes on, like anything, it takes rituals, it takes effort, it takes time. You've got to take time somewhere in your day and put a focus somewhere, even if it's a a coffee date or, you know, the last part of your day. Or for us, it's, you know, that first three hours of our day. Whenever it is in your day, and that's where everybody's different, if you don't put focus there, it won't go in the direction that you want it. And think about the the rituals you had in the beginning. What did you guys do in the beginning of your relationship? You know, the man was planning the dates. Your oxytocin was skyrocketing with the anticipation of meeting one another. His testosterone was going through the roof because he was excited. He was planning. He was going to be successful. He was taking the lead. And that's what we lose. You know, it's that whole, you know, oh, the date night. We believe in the date night. It's not just, oh, the date night. Yeah, we should make a date night. It's so powerful. And if couples do nothing but just put a date night in there, schedule it in once a week, the man takes the lead, he plans that, and the woman gets the anticipation, and she can fill him up and appreciate what he's going to do for her, then that's that will blow, you know, forget everything else. Just take that one tip. If you want an action step, that one action step can yeah. create a completely different relationship in such a small amount of time yeah. and you know it's a tip we gave um, a client of ours just the other week on a, on a call with him and he was 18 years into his, his relationship with his wife and he started just to turn things around And but his anniversary was tomorrow and he hadn't planned a thing <laughs> and that's what men do because it builds their testosterone to do things last, last minute. minute so if they can take that back a notch and recognise how they can build their partner's oxytocin is the anticipation this man's thinking of me and he's going to the effort to plan something. It's just that understanding. You know? it's, it's one, of the, one of the beautiful girls that works with us, Catherine, she's been dying to get engaged for so long oh, and they've been together 
Well, Sam planned this for months, yeah. months, and it happened just a couple of weeks ago, and she had no idea. And, <laughs> and the... I was in on it right from the beginning. <laughs> you? How cool. Oh, my, when I saw what he did, oh. Sam started planning this with a ring from me, um, oh, God, six months ago. <laughs> it's been all, we've all been on it. But she hadn't. So all our oxytocin rose quite a lot, actually. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, I you even look at a man differently when he puts that much effort into into something. And it's not that we all expect six-month dream things happening all the time. In fact, us women are quite simple, really. Mm. Mm. I mean, for me, Danny's little notes, flowers... Ringing the pool guy the other day, he's <laughs> yeah. just like, "Are you serious? You're in flipping Dubai and you've organised that trip. Like <laughs> yeah. seriously, you are the best." Mm-hmm. Um, through to for him, his needs a photo, like just sending, not the photo that I sent my daughter accidentally to her instead oh, of him. Oh. Um, but <laughs> you did. <laughs> Taylor sent me a text back going, "Mum, really? <laughs> Mum, really? Like it wasn't that bad, but it was just like I just thought, you yeah, know, actually when you send technology that you have it to the right person. But anyway." Um, <laughs> But just little things like that. And, and one of my things, what I got from um, John Gray, Women Are From Venus, Men Are yeah, From yeah. Mars, the reason why I brought up the quickie was because sometimes we're so tired as women, that's our number one reason why we don't. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually say, all right, look, let's have a quickie just to fulfill your needs. It's not about me anymore. Let's just fulfill your needs. Yeah. And then they actually, the quickie can become a longing because yeah. all of a sudden now it's actually not that bad. Yeah. Um, and I always say that to women, just... Just try and sometimes serve, give yeah. of yourself sometimes mm. in those situations. But they need to be conscious of not um, not feeling like they're giving and that, you know, they, they're owed something, which a lot of women can tend to get into that mentality of, well, I'm going to give you sex, but, you know, you better... Mow the lawns. Exactly, mow the lawns. <laughs> you know, so it's about getting back into a mentality in your relationship where you're both contributing. And that's where it's coming from a pure intent, not giving to get. It's, it's like what you're saying is just contributing to your partner and then it becomes you just want to give and give to both of you mm. and you fight over who's giving. You know? <laughs> so, Cindy, I'm going to set a challenge because we need to wrap up the podcast because yeah. we've, we've been going for an hour and 40. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> so, I'm the timer, I know, but the conversation was so amazing. Yeah, so compelling. <laughs> but I'm going to set you a challenge. Yes, done. I'm going to do it if you do it. Okay. I'm going to have a conversation with Matt and we're going to do a date night. Yeah. And Matt has to organise it and okay. do all of that stuff. I'm going to get yeah. myself all dressed up. Will you do the same thing with Howie? Well, I do the, the, the getting the date night together. No, like, no, no, he's got to do it. He's got to do it. You, we're both at the we challenge. we never do date nights. But, but we've never done date nights no, either. Never done well. And I think that would transform our relationships where we get together and we go out somewhere. He's mm. got to take the lead like these yeah. guys have said. Mm-hmm. We say we want to have a date night and that's going to make our relationships okay. better and we'll just say... you. You'll, you'll get sex at the end of it, and that will be the incentive. <laughs> so, so he's got to set it all up and make it really nice, and we get all dressed up and make ourselves really nice, and then we go out and we have a dinner, and we don't talk about work, we just talk about each other, or we talk about whatever we want to talk about, yeah. and there's no pressure over that. No well, you can do it too, home. but Danny, you know, like... Well, you can do it on a Skype meeting. Yeah, you, you can like. have a Skype have date. Have a Skype date. But it's just because, you know, like... You can see him on the 2nd of December. You've got, you know... Counting. <laughs> <laughs> but it may just be the beginning of a change. Yeah. I don't know. And for me and Jeffrey, uh, Matt, um, I call Matt Jeffrey. <laughs> she hasn't got two boyfriends. It's just one. <laughs> I call she Matt just Jeffrey. confuses them. <laughs> yeah, I call Matt Jeffrey. It's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but I think that would, because 
you know, our relationships are really great, but they just go on and they do what they do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's got a life of its own, but it would be really good if it had a conscious life of its own. I agree. It's a con- You know what? It, we always talk about conscious eating. Mm-hmm. It's conscious relationships. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, let's, do that. let's yeah. do that. Let's okay. do that. Let's do that. All right, you're on. You're on. <laughs> and, we'll, and, we'll hold, and we'll hold the girls accountable. Yes. We'll yeah, check by, by the retreat, by Awaken the Change Within. Let's see what they've done. Yeah. Okay. Sounds and let's right. announce it on stage. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll God, I'm going to have to have some serious conversations with Jeffrey. He's just going to. <laughs> but you know what? What a great contribution to all of our relationships oh, yeah. to have this. Yeah. Like, let's try. Yeah. Let's yeah. give it a whirl. It's been amazing. You know, you Thank guys you. are truly <laughs> inspirational and you've come right at the right moment. You know, mm. really, you have. You know, I wasn't. Me, you know, Vanessa and I have been talking for a while through email about having her on the podcast, and so and she manifested it. She you manifested, manifested it. it. I obviously <laughs> manifested it last night. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday. No, 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 no long before. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. So thank you, and thank you, Tim, for coming and being thank with you. us. Yeah, you great hunk of spunk. Let's just say now he's not only hello, thank Christmas. you guys. You've filled him up so much. I don't know if I need you. You've got so much love on your floor. Oh, I'm pretty good. <laughs> well, so it's Friday and Easter Sunday, Absolutely. and New Year's Eve. All Stop it. it. <laughs> so go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post your comments about today's podcast. Also, feel free to send any questions that you want us to ask, Tim or Vanessa, but also make sure that you visit their website. And I'm going to tell you again. Well, actually, look, I'll tell you Let's what. put it on the... We'll put it on, yeah. we'll put it on our, on our yep. pages we'll as well so that you guys can track them down. It's just a quick link. You can also post your comments at all the W's dot the wellness couch forward slash up for a chat. Um, and com. what did I just say? The wellness couch dot com forward slash up for a chat. <laughs> See, I just, you know, I lose myself sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> She's already in the date night. <laughs> <laughs> What's my name again? Never mind. <laughs> Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> That's why she calls Jeffrey Jeffrey or Matt Matt. So join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We'll see you on date night. (laughs) Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. If you're loving the Wellness Couch podcast, then you'll absolutely love our special once-only free four-part webinar series starting Thursday, October 30. Join me and my Wellness Guys co-host plus Marcus Pierce from 100 Not Out and Inside the Champion's Mind as we dive deep into the hot topics of wellness over four consecutive weeks. Brett Hill will kick us off by showing you how to be fab and fit in five. I'll be presenting What the F and discussing the big bad F words when it comes to food. Lawrence Tam will leave you inspired with a magnificent mindset. An MP will reveal his 10-step formula to mastering your life. These webinars are absolutely free and they go for an hour each and they take place every Every Thursday night from October 30 until November 20. To get access, you must sign up. So simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com or check out The Wellness Couch on Facebook. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.